This morning, um, I'm going to speak on, well, the, the title of the message is, What are some biblical virtues? What are some biblical virtues that we should pray for in our own lives and for the lives of others? Okay? So, there are 31 biblical virtues that I am going to speak on today. <laughs> I thought that would get your attention. Oh, Lord, he's going to have a long one again. So, so virtues are, uh, no, I'm not going to do 31. Uh, there's, there's 31 of this one list, but um, we've got, I think, four maybe today if I, I get there. Uh, we have four that from this list of 31s, but I, I was, if you think about virtues, and the definition is uh, behaviors showing high moral standards, Okay. Showing high moral standards. So what, you know, what are virtues? What are the things that are considered things that we need to, to uh, have in our life and to uh, look for, exemplify, bring in, grow in our lives? Well, well, we'll get there in a little while. Well, last week, two weeks ago, we spoke on the vine and the branches. I, three weeks, maybe. Uh, I think that's, for whatever reason, that has been such an anchor point for the last few weeks in not only in the messages here but also you know in talking to people and so on the vine and the branches the life that is in the vine is the life that's in the branch is the same life that is in you as a believer the the life that is in Christ is the life that is in you and whenever we talk about spiritual things this spiritual flow originates with Christ he sent to us the other comforter God the Father Son and Holy Spirit the the spirit flows through Christ into the branch. The Holy Spirit is in you. <laughs> He's there. He, you know, he abides within us. His presence is there. And so with the presence of God in our life, then when we think about spiritual uh, promises and provisions, we are allowing those things to grow from our life, like a cluster of grapes growing from a branch. So thinking about spiritual things and praying you know, things that seem impossible or difficult or problems that you face, decisions that you have to do. Praying about them is drawing from the, the branch, drawing from the life of the Spirit inside of us. It's part of your DNA because Christ is there. He, you, we know about forgiveness, and he has forgiveness of our sins. He lives within us. So that's a very important picture that Jesus has given to us. That he is the vine, we're the branch. The life that is in the vine is the life that is in us, and we draw upon that. Now, last week, <laughs> we did Maslow's Hierarchy of Need. <laughs> so that's a great psychological, psychology course. And uh, basically, uh, Maslow, and, and I, I use the analogy as the, the pyramid, you know, and, and the uh, physiological needs at the bottom, and then there's safety love uh, and belongings, esteem, and self-actualization. <laughs> so we look at all those things. It took a guy uh, until 1943 to figure that out. God had it in place from the very beginning. So the, the, the things that we spoke about, physiological, food, shelter, clothing, that's the very basics of our need. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. <laughs> God has established that in our life. It's a very foundational principle that no matter what I need, God is going to provide it. The second one is safety. Um, where's safety at? Safety is Romans 8.39. 
Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. My needs are provided. My security is in place. Nothing can separate me from God. Third was belongings. Love and belonging to people. Belonging, um, you know, feeling a sense of community. All right. Well, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind that let each esteem the other better than, than themselves. Basically, what we're saying is that being in the body of Christ is not a competition. We don't have to compete with one another. We simply, we are loved. We talk about that with our church. We're loved. We have, we have fellowship. We have com, uh, communion of saints, the conversation and the, the things that we belong to the body of Christ belong to this particular church, this particular body. So having a sense of belonging. The fourth one is esteem. Now, esteem is, well, esteem is the, the need for appreciation or, and respect. That's, a, that's a, good, a good thing. And Maslow was good in figuring all that out. But, <coughs> excuse me, but Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God has already established that. We find that whenever we're quoting these scriptures and quoting these Maybe they're very just common scriptures that come to us. 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has a plan. So when we're putting those together, they have a distinct quality of helping us as an individual, helping us in our physical, mental, spiritual state of security. And the, the, uh, the last one, um, oh, I was, I, maybe, I, I know I said this before, but I don't know how long ago, because I don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> whenever you're 30 or 20 or whatever, you're, you're worried, what do people think? You know, what do people think of me? What are they going to think about the way I work? You know, it's peer pressure, especially in, in school. You know, what do people think? What are, you know, you worry about this, worry about that. Well, whenever you're 50, you don't care what people think. You do whatever you want, you know? But whenever you're 70 or 80, you find out it doesn't matter what people, they weren't thinking about me at all. They were thinking about themselves. <laughs> so when, what do people think? They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. So we find that how we have the esteem, the, the esteem that we find, we find in Christ. If I am, if I am right before God, it doesn't matter what these other people think because God is not, God is going to lead us, lead us in the path of righteousness, doing the right things for the right reasons. And um, fourthly, or fifthly, self-actualization. Self-actualization is um, self-aware. Now, in, uh, I think this is the downfall of, of our society. Whenever everything is about me, my, you know, it's, it's always focused inward. How am I, and, you know, I've got to protect my rights, my needs. I've got to be, you know, on guard against people trying to get in my space, you know. What I own belongs to me. I put a fence around it, and nobody touches it. You know, it's mine. But we find that John, three, six, John five, 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So it's not about me arriving at this place of 
me. <laughs> it's about my understanding that I am chosen by God, which is a greater, uh, greater understanding, a greater revelation. It's the greatest revelation. God chose me. He chose us. We, we sometimes think, well, I chose God. I, I chose to be here, which is a good decision. I, I chose God as my Savior, yes. But God is the one who led us to that decision. You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain so that the fruit of your life, life in the vine, life in the branch, fruit that grows on the vine, God has ordained for you to have a special purpose in life that's greater than what you could find in me, mine, and nobody else's. It's the fruit of God growing in your life. He's ordained you for that. So that's last week's. Took me almost 35 minutes to do that last week, and I did it today in five. See, aren't you proud? <coughs> Virtues. Behavior showing high moral standards. Now, I'm going to read several different perspectives of, of, of virtues. And um, this will show you how many different virtues people think of. All right? Now, the first one is the seven heavenly virtues. Okay? Seven heavenly virtues and their opposites. Heaven, seven heavenly virtues are chastity. I'll explain that one. Not having any sexual relations before marriage, and it also means complete fidelity to husband and wife during marriage. So there's chastity, there's temperance, which is moderation or self-restraint in action, statement, and self-control. Then there is charity, um, diligence. These are words I'm sure understand. Diligence, patience, kindness, and humility. And the opposite of these seven are the sins of wrath, which are anger, greed, sloth, pride, lust, envy, and gluttony. <laughs> now, um, if you were looking at all these words on a paper, on a page, now, uh, you'd say, well, what good is that? Well, uh, if you go for an interview <laughs> and you say, um, uh, my uh, I want a letter of recommendation from pastor. So can, can the... Can the um, place that I want to go to school or the job that I want, can, you know, you know uh, you'll ask me, can you give me a letter? Can you answer the question they send? And they'll send out this, some of them send out um, a form with all these words on them. And many of those words on that reference are kindness, humility, greedy, proud. <laughs> you see, these words are virtues, and what are they what do they convey to you as an individual? If there is this list of words, do any of these words appear in your resume? You know, this is who I am. I'm a proudful person. I have arrived at self-recognition and self-realization. They won't hire you. <laughs> He's too stuck on himself. You see, you will look at that and you say, well, that's a good thing, self-realization. Well, people who have arrived at self-realization are stuck on themselves and they can't, they, they're so um, caught up in their own self-worth that everybody else is looked down on. Now there are 52 virtues. Well, didn't you just say you were going to do 31? Yeah, but there's another list of 52. Just thought, don't get worked up. Sorry. 
these are, and I, and I <laughs> you know, I can only imagine sometimes what you think when I'm preaching. <laughs> so it's like, he said 31, then he said 7, now he's saying 52. What is it? Okay, well, it's all of them, okay? Right. But I'm not going to do 52. But just think of these words as being on a page. Would you circle these as being part of who you are? All right. Assertiveness, caring, cleanliness. You know, I, I remember uh, the teacher that came in to uh, be, a, you know, Rhonda was her um, student. She was a student teacher, came into Rhonda's classroom. Now, I can't imagine somebody who is a fourth-year student in college that has to be told that she needs to take a bath. <laughs> I mean, just can't. Just can't. I just can't imagine <laughs> that you, you're four years in college and you don't know how to take a bath and you stink. <laughs> so she had to tell the, the, the girl to um, take a bath. But she also had one. <laughs> She also had a student teacher who worked at Hooters. <laughs> she had visits every day from the janitors, three or four times a day. And she had to tell that lady how to dress. <laughs> so we find that, what's that? School-appropriate apparel, okay? So anyhow, people look at their life, you look at your background, okay, where did you come from? You know, this girl who needed to take a bath, what was her background? How, was she, how did she make it so far in college and not know how to take a bath? Uh, so there's, you, you look at backgrounds, you look at all these stuff. As a child of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the presence of God, the leading of God, all these things are gr growing points of who we are. They're virtues. So we go on here. Commitment. Compassion, diligence, enthusiasm, excellence, flexibility. Um, do you know, this is a Dave McGeeism. We often hear the bone, you need some backbone. And people think of that as stiff and strong. No, backbone is the ability to be flexible. Because if your backbone is stiff, like my bottom of mine, it's got two rods and eight screws, <laughs> it doesn't move. <laughs> so whenever we look at flexibility, it's that I don't have to have my own way, but I will go the way of truth, what is, way, what is best. So flexibility. Uh, forgiveness, friendliness, generosity, integrity, joyfulness, justice, love, loyalty, moderation, reliability, <laughs> respect, responsibility, self-discipline, service, thankfulness. There's only 28 there. I didn't read all 70. 52. I do have one that has 70. That's coming up later. No. <laughs> You're supposed to smile. It goes like that. <laughs> but we find uh, she probably won't come back. I can pick on her. I'm sorry. You know. God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. No. You have to. God says so. <laughs> So we look at virtues. So are, all the, are any of these virtues on your list of who you are as a person? Would somebody say that these words fit who you are? No, we can't become everything. But 
the idea is these are the words of excellence that are part of a character, part of the character of Christ. To know Jesus would to know honesty. To know Jesus would be to know cleanliness. To know Jesus would be to know compassion and love and forgiveness. You see, to know him personally, these, are, these would be his virtues. All these great words that we look at, they would be part of who he is, and they are part of who we are growing branch, growing from the vine. Virtues, <laughs> biblical virtues. A person's virtue makes the progression from knowing what is right to doing what is right. Knowing what is right to doing what is right. The intentional choice, <laughs> the intentional decision that if you say your word, give your word, you're going to keep with your word. Now, if things change and you have to make just, you know, you change it. It's like um, one of the, I don't know, I was a seminar I was at years ago. Guy said, if you say you're going to be somewhere <laughs> at, uh, at a workshop at a certain place in time, you say you're going to be there. Are you going to be there? Now, how important is that? How important is that decision? If your life depends on your showing up at the correct time, if the life of someone else depends on you showing up at the right time, will you be there? Well, <laughs> I'll get up in the morning. I'll go there the night before and stay in, stay in the facility if somebody's life is going to depend upon it. I want to make sure I'm there. So we find that it is the degree that we see our word coming to mean something in our character. Now, I know things change and things like that and circumstances change. Just like we were going to go to Florida. Phone call later, we change everything, we're going to Missouri. <laughs> you know, just how it works. So we look at these things. You can't, <laughs> uh, you can't row a boat with one oar. <laughs> you know, you're just going to go around in circles. So we can't be doubting and succeeding at the same time. You can't be questioning yourself, your integrity, and, and succeeding going forward. You have to make up your mind. Which way are you going? Now, some decisions, you know, you don't know the outcome until you, you know, it's like, I want to, do I turn left or right? Well, I can't determine that until I get to the wall because that's where the intersection is. <laughs> I can't turn left or right now because there are no <laughs> off-roads. This is the path I'm on. I have to take it to a certain point. In our life, the virtues that we have are the ones that sustain us on this path until we reach the point where we have to make a decision. Sometimes when we get to the decision point, we know which way we're going. But sometimes we don't. But the virtues help us stay focused, help us stay intentional in who we are. So, thought I lost the page. Thought you were going to clap. <laughs> Just wait till you do public speaking. Ah. <laughs> you know, I remember the first time I did public speaking. Oh, and whenever, <laughs> imagine that. Uh, I, I was in a, a speech class in college and we had to stand up for five minutes or three minutes and do something. But after I felt God called me to the ministry, the church I was going to said, well, he's going to be a preacher. He can he can, he can preach. So they gave me the whole 30 minutes to speak. <laughs> yeah. 
you would you would like this. I did five minutes and I sat down. <laughs> I was done. I couldn't think of anything more to say. Now you pray that he would find less to say. So the um, seven virtues, but they're not virtues, but seven things that stand uh, in opposition to God's virtues. They are called the seven deadly sins. First one is lust. Lust is a strong craving for sex. Lust is also a strong craving for power, for prestige, for position. So lust can be anything that drives us in a wrong direction, that, that is contrary to the will of God. But I say unto you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Allow God to direct your heart. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is, is here to help us and to help us understand. Gluttony. Well, I know what gluttony is. It's eating too much, right? Well, it is eating to or drinking to excess beyond reason. <laughs> eating beyond reason. Now, it doesn't mean that you go and all jahistos and have burritos until <laughs> you, you can't go out. Well, but anyhow, that's, that's not what it means. It means eating to excess and, and doing something to the excess. Gluttony. Drunkenness. <laughs> it's caused by an excess drinking of alcohol. It's a type of gluttony. Greed. These are the seven deadly sins. Greed. The sin of greed can be defined as excessive desire to acquire things. Excessive greed. <laughs> excessive desire. Um, One of, the, one of the ideas is that we, whatever we see somebody else has, we want it. Now, today, you are going to find out what are the most important things on the planet. All you have to do is watch the Super Bowl, and you will have all of the commercials that have cost the most money in the entire year to put on for 30 seconds, and you will find what are the greatest needs in your life. And if you are greedy... Watch the Home Shopping Network. <laughs> slothful. Slothful isn't just laziness. This was a surprise to me. There is a deep inner motivation to sin that at its core is a defective love. Slothfulness is a defective love. Biblically speaking, sloth is laziness that comes from carelessness about the commands and priorities of God. You don't care. It's like, you for, you're, it's like God loves you. He cares for you. But I don't care. So what we're doing is just laying around doing nothing and God has made promises and we be, he's made promises to us because he loves us but his commands and his priorities I don't pay attention to. Slothfulness. Wrath. Wrath is defined as a strong feeling of hatred or resentment with a desire for vengeance. You see, these are the seven deadly sins that fight against the good things, the good virtues. Envy. Envy is wanting what someone else has. <laughs> um, I'm years ago, I did. Uh, Cliff has a brand new John Deere mower. He doesn't, but if he had one, okay? I want a John, brand new John Deere mower. Well, I'm not happy to get a brand new John Deere mower. I want his, and I don't want him to have it. 
that is envy. That is lust. That is, you see, it, it, the, having the idea, well, he has a one, he likes it, I can maybe get one, that's okay. You know, it's seeing, practice, whatever, you've got a new car, does yours work well? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't want yours. I would like one like it. But if I have to have yours, I have to take away from you what you have and make you unhappy so that I can have it. That's greed and lust and the, all the bad things. And the final one is pride. Now, pride in the theological sense, pride is defined as excessive love of one's own excellence. <laughs> That's self-actualization that Maslow talks about. That an excessive love of how good I am. You just don't understand how good I am. If you just knew me, you would love me. <laughs> okay, we'll go on. <laughs> you see, this is where Christ's character is completely opposite of what Maslow, Maslow is. Christ's character is opposite of that. Sinful pride is refusing to recognize God's sovereignty. Good pride is recognizing that Apart from God, we can do nothing. You see, that's why giving thanks is very much a part of establishing good virtues. Because we are thankful to God for his gifts to our life. Salvation and peace and belonging and, and, and that God loves us. And we are, we're all part of the program here that God has. Now, I promised you the first 31 biblical virtues. Are you ready? I'm only going to do three, maybe four. I've got four minutes, you know. Buckle your seatbelt. The first biblical virtue is to pray. The first biblical virtue we are to pray for in our own lives and the lives of someone else is, is, sirs, what must I do to be saved? To accept God's salvation. If you don't know Jesus, nothing in the spiritual realm makes sense. You can't explain God to someone who doesn't know Christ. To know Jesus is to know the reality of God's love for us and to uh, have his grace and mercy into our lives. His grace that I don't deserve it and he gives me his grace. So I don't deserve, we don't deserve all this stuff, but God's grace is what is given to us. His mercy is we deserve punishment. He, he chooses not to punish us, but to forgive us. That's mercy. And here with Paul and Silas, Paul is in prison. He, is say, he and Silas are praising God and so on. And then there's an earthquake. <laughs> the chains fall off. The prison doors are all uh, opened, and they could walk out, but the prison guard, the prisoner, prison uh, warden, he's going to kill himself because he knows if one of his prisoners escape, the Romans are going to kill him. And so Paul says, don't kill yourself. And he asked the man, the man asked, what must I do to be saved? We pray for that virtue. The second one is a willingness to forgive and extend grace to others. God has forgiven us we are now being reflective of that forgiveness by forgiving others. Forgiving them and letting them go. 
to carry somebody's hatred and somebody's hurt towards you only gets you off course, gets you off focus, takes away your dreams, your destination. Forgive them and let it go. Put them in God's hands, and God will take care of them. I'm going on. Forgive. The second virtue is forgiveness. Uh, there is a third virtue. The third virtue is love. Now, if I were to say, if you have a, if you're doing an outline and you have the, f- the, the primary point that this virtue, this virtue is love. Okay, what is love? So we start looking at Paul's declaration here. Love, underneath it, it's kindness. So these are virtues that, that grow in our life from our relationship with Christ. We can't, we can't make this stuff up. We can't make it happen. If you don't know Jesus, you don't have the vine. If you, don't, if you know Jesus, your life is attached to the vine. You're the branch. And in you flows the life of God, the love of God. And then that love is patient. That love is kind. That love does not envy what other people have. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> That's good. I don't envy. It does not boast. Do you know how good I think I am? <laughs> it is not proud. But you see, there ha- there's a sense of pride in us that is a healthy pride. A healthy pride says, this is, this is good that I'm accomplishing it. This is, this is a reward, you know. I, I'm doing something good. I'm not putting it out there in a newspaper, take pictures and say, here, here I am. You know, I'll pay for it. <laughs> I'll pay for my advertisement. That's the wrong crowd. You know, if somebody in the newspaper comes, takes your picture, and they elevate you, okay, that's all right. But the wrong pride is, I'm better than you. I'm better than that. <laughs> no. I'm proud of what God is able to do through me. I'm proud of being able to do what I do. And that's a good, healthy pride. It does not dishonor others. The unhealthy pride is, I am better than you. But the <laughs> healthy pride is, I'm doing my best to serve and become greater, and I'm not going to dishonor you. You're doing your best. It's not self-seeking. Love does not put itself at the height um, glorifying self. I want to glorify God. Who I am, what I am, what I do, it's all because of the grace of God. It's not easily angered. Anger, pain, and fear go together, and when somebody hurts you, when someone hurts you, it's easy to become angry. And so we have to allow ourselves to just back off like Jesus. He wasn't angry at those people for beating him almost to death and crucifying him. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. The life that is in the vine is the life that is in us. God keeps no wrong no score of wrongdoing we do not keep score <laughs> of somebody else's faults and how many times they've hurt us or not hurt us love does not delight in evil but rejoices in truth the truth shall set you free it always protects excuse me love protects protects protect you know love of god i i use the illustration that love is like a shield that when people are throwing darts at us and throwing things at us, it, it catches it, it absorbs it. 
never lets it hit the heart. Some people wear their heart on their, on their sleeve and they're easily hurt. The thing is to put God's love around us so that as Jesus was not hurt by all the accusations and things that they did, so we are not hurt. Um, we always trust. Trust God. Trust that he will do the best. Trust, and we always have hope. We always have hope. We are a people of hope. And love always perseveres. It always wins out in the end. Because, you know, love never fails. It's interesting that the word virtue comes from the Latin root word, meaning, meaning it is ver, meaning man. At first, virtue meant manliness or valor but it's come over time to settle into a sense of moral excellence. But when it started, it came from the word ver, which is for man. Manliness is to have godly virtues. <laughs> so we find love, it's, love is a habitual and firm disposition to seek because it is like the Lord's love for us. And we find that love is patient, kind, not jealous, does not brag, not proud, not rude. You see, love is described by what love does. See, virtues are about what love, what virtues are what we do. We move from knowing to doing. So, pray, pray for self and for others. Pray for salvation and an understanding of God's saving grace. After we have Christ as our Savior, we have been forgiven, forgive others. And after we have experienced God's love for us, we recognize that love is so much greater than just a four-letter word. It's a lot of virtues. And these are the virtues that grow in our life because we're connected to the vine. You are the branch. Inside of you are all these virtues. Allow God to bring them out and be fruit in your life. Jesus, we thank you for all the good things that you've done for us. We thank you for these virtues that speak of life and of love and forgiveness and grace and mercy and how that we are becoming more than what we ever thought we could be because of who you are. And these virtues that are part of us, we are grateful. We ask your blessing and guidance. We ask for these things, these virtues, the positive growth virtues that are from your spirit and your word to grow inside of us to grow through us, to be fruit that can be seen and eaten and, pet and pulled by other individuals. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Next week, 29. Virtues. No. <laughs>